Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Here we are again, Matt. Yep. Three of our favorite people. Uh, and once more. Just, these are really free, three of my favorite people. Though. Yeah. At least I know two of them really well, and one of them I'm going to get to know really well. Oh, my gosh. Your life is even going to more overflow. She's wonderful. Well, I can't wait to get to know her. Natalia. That's how we feel about you. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so honored. Yeah, we're honored to be with you. There's something about this when you can look in the eyes of the people that love Jesus like you do, that love worshiping him like you do, and are on mission. Right? And we're in it together. There's so many times when I look around at an event or just at church on Sunday, and I've been in a little bit of a lot of people's lives, and it's like, oh, this is good. This is such a good family. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is helping people f find their role, their part, their wholeness in the family of Jesus. What did Jesus say when he was having a meeting and they said, hey, your family's here. And by the way, at that point, I think they thought he was a little bit crazy, remember? Yeah. yeah. Right? And he goes, oh, no, no. This is my family. And they all turned, they all were family too. They turned into family. And, and so that's what we're all about. Not only is Natalia here, but Nana Martin. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And Parker Kiefer, a man I desire to be like when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like you, Kevin. Well, we could squish that together. Yeah, I love the times that we have together. Me too. Yeah, people are jealous of it, I think. You know, <laughs> is that that good? And Matthew and I have been here from the start, haven't we? Yes, sir. Okay, so here we are, and I just want to open it up, okay? We're in January, and we're part of a mobilization, which is something that Greg Steer of Dare to Share really ignited in me when we had his episode on. I mean, he's affecting especially millions of young people all over the world. It's crazy. He created this app that I really want you to check out called Life in Six Words, and it's just a tool to use. It's an app where you can have conversation starters that are very meaningful and you don't need an app, but if you're into that and somebody else is, and he showed us on a map, we we're zooming and he goes, take a look at this, man. And Matt, Matt comes running in and he goes, what is that? And there's like all these dots all over the world, these crazy. green wow. dots. He says, that's where the gospel is being shared on this app right now. Mostly like live. young like people, people share, yeah. with young people. Holy moly, that's, that's so wild. cool. I know. It's really, really cool. And what fits more into the heart of Foothills than let's go after children and youth, yes. right? So he's doing yeah. it. So I found a brother from another mother going after <laughs> it. He's been doing it at least as long as I have, if not longer, 30 mm -hmm. years or more. I just want to open it up for why do you have this heart to share and to be a part of the adventure, the mission and everything? So I'm just going to freestyle it. And Parker, if you've got something, we'll start off yeah, with you. I think, especially with our church, we've been blessed with a lot of people, especially adults or young adults who want to invest in the young people. So when I got to Foothills, I was around 12, 13. And the way that my adult leaders really invested into me and loved me, like created this reaction to want to do that for younger people as well. So my heart stems from being loved, stems from being cared for and like really discipled. And I want to like give back. And I think that's a common thing with people at our church and other churches that have that style of like, we want to train up young people to also train the next generation and so on. So I think 
that's always my heart is I want to give back because I was so blessed in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And that should resonate with younger people who don't have that, right? You want to go, hey, come and see. Check this out. This is good. You're going to like it. Do you trust me? Do you know that I love you? Just come check this out. But also adults that can play that role. You're talking about people that loved you, that poured into you, that put up with you mm -hmm. and all of that, right? And those older generation can go, you know what? I can do that. So it's an encouragement to both. Nena, what about you? Um, I think something that really comes to mind is growing up, I felt very invisible to a lot of things because life just gets really busy. And something that I carry with me every day is that I want people to understand that no matter if it's a five minute or a 10 minute or three hour conversation that they are genuinely being heard and being seen. So if I see you at a grocery store, I'm genuinely saying hello and how are you doing? And I want people to feel that and then most of the time it leads into a great conversation about like where they go on Sunday <laughs> yeah. and stuff or inviting them to it. So. Especially when your life isn't departmentalized, compartmentalized, mm -hmm. that, oh, here's my church life and I don't really mm -hmm. talk about that to these people out here. When it's just a supernatural, natural part of your life, it just comes up. And if you will tune in and look for the opportunities, that conversation just happens. Yeah, exactly. And it's not anything that's really forced. It's really awesome. <laughs> it's cool to get to know people, even if I only see them once in my life for five minutes. It's genuinely the way that you're made. It's not how, oh, I have to put this on or I have to read a book to know how to do this necessarily. That's why it's so important that people go to sent315.org and do the little survey mm -hmm. because then you'll go, oh, I'm okay. Be yourself and walk in the naturalness of it and you'll see supernatural things happen. You guys all took the styles survey and I'm not going to tell anybody what your styles are. I want them to guess it. I want them to go, well, she's just like me. I want to know what that is. So let's see if they can figure it out. Natalia, tell us why you'd like to share Jesus with people. I think I'm pretty similar to Parker. I started coming when I was 12 to 13 and Foothills was like the first place that I had mentors and I had people who were seeking after me and from the beginning knew that I was just called back to doing that. That's what I saw myself doing for others. So it's beautiful. Are there challenges with you sharing your faith to the degree that you want to be? Are you like, no, 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 I'm superhuman evangelist and it's exactly the way I want it to be? Or are there some sticking points or some challenges that you personally have had to overcome? Natalia, I'll let you lead off. Yeah, I think my biggest one is just I feel like I don't have the opportunity to a lot of the time. Why is that? Um, well, I'm so surrounded in church. I work at the church. I go to a Christian school. All my friends are from my church and youth group, so everybody is already following God or on that path. And so, but that's not necessarily an excuse either. I think I need to be putting myself in places to branch out and meet new people. And I think that my actions reflect the gospel. It's yeah. not always that Amen. I'm right there telling someone, hey, have you met Jesus? I think your actions are what shows that. Yeah, a uh, and in living a life that people are curious about. But you know what, you and I, we're going down to a little parking lot 
I've got a feeling that there are people that don't go to your school or your church who are going to be there, right? And we're going to feed them dinner, mm. and we're praying for them and asking what their other needs are because these people are all living in their car, yeah. and then they're in an overnight safe parking place. So that's a way that we can intentionally get out of our Christian bubble. Jim Dealing did it because I harassed him that he couldn't get anybody saved where he worked because he works at a church. So he took a challenge and he joined a gym. Mm. And now his physical specimen is all because I challenged him to do that. And he shared Jesus with people in that gym. So really, if that's a challenge, then intentionally ask God, what would you have me do? to get out of that bubble. Because a lot of people listening are there, don't you think? Yeah. Mm. We're talking sure. to a bunch of Christians here. Nana, what about you? What's a sticking point or a challenge for you? I think I develop relationships really easily and it's that kind of like opening up about my life and what the Lord has done for my life, that kind of they're either gonna say yes or no or accept me or support me or stay with our relationship or not. But most of the time it's really easy because I usually invite them to things that I'm doing. And whenever I'm doing anything, it's mostly always around Christians or yeah. it's always with Christians. And so it makes that conversation easier because it carries it to it and stuff. Because then they ask, what are you guys doing? Why are you guys so happy? Why are you guys so like, <laughs> like what's going on? And I'm like, well, there's this awesome thing called Jesus. Yeah. So it's and not medicated. It's not medicated. <laughs> I like the fact that uh, you told us to just a glimpse of your story, but I have a feeling that when you have conversation with people, you see, you listen and understand their story and how your story relates to them. Like, I've been that place. I know what that's like. Is that true? Yeah. I try. I am very thankful about how much God has been in and out throughout my life and given me so many stories that I'm able to feel a lot of emotions and sit there with people and help them and give them hope to get out of it. So I'm very thankful for that. Can you put skin on that for a second? And do you have a picture or a time where you've done that, where you can talk a little bit more about the specifics, about just sharing your story with somebody and where they were at and what happened? Yeah, so recently I was doing some errands and I have this friend who moved back down from Washington and I invited her to do errands with me. And she had asked me, she had just like got out of this seven year relationship and it was really hard for her. And she's like, I don't know how to be single. I don't know what to do. It's hard. She's just expressing her heart out to me. And we were able literally on the drive <laughs> to Rancho Bernardo, we're just crying of like, I've, I've been there. I had been single for so long and it was so hard. And I was able to encourage her with what my mentor said and with some like Bible verses and that you just got to keep busy, but the good kind of busy because mm. um, time won't heal all wounds, but time well spent will. And you got to spend Ooh. it well. So it was just really awesome to like be able to sit with her and just give her hope that there's so much coming because God is just so good. That's wonderful. <laughs> you know what's so cool is that in this series in January, we've had people that are much older than yes. you guys and they're different places of life and, you know, men and women, just a, just in different styles. But there's such wisdom yes. in what you just yes. said, both, far both beyond your years. Yeah, I could have just grabbed it from somewhere, but I just remember like I had said that one time and I'm like, yeah, because mm -hmm. everybody says like time heals all wounds. And I'm like, 
I could spend quite a few years in depression. (laughs) You could be my best friend. But like time well spent, really like how you use what the time that you're given can be for any good or bad thing. And it all really depends. Dave Hoffman told a story about how he woke up with Mary, his wife, they've both been on the show. And he said, Mary, we're burning minutes. Now, he's got fewer minutes left than, (laughs) well, probably all of us. (laughs) But you have to seize the day and maximize the time and really do that. Parker, what's a sticking point or an obstacle for you in sharing your faith? It's kind of an interesting analogy, but for me, like evangelizing can be like jumping off a cliff because the first jump is very like nerve wracking for me. Mm -hmm. Like when I am doing an outreach or if I feel God's like, hey, I really want you to talk to this person or evangelize this person, the first action or my first response is difficult. I feel anxiousness building up or I feel like I'm putting the weight of this person's salvation on my shoulders. I'm putting the weight of God's purposes on my shoulders. But when I do, when I take that step of faith and I go talk to that person, like no one can stop me. For the rest of the day, for the rest of that week, that's all I think about. That's all I want to do. But the enemy is very strategic and deceptive and like wants to make you feel very apprehensive when it's just a conversation. There's many times where God's like, you need to go talk to that person. And I shy away because the enemy like is trying to Mm -hmm. intercept that person. But once I get there, I'm like going for the rest. I get it. I'm I'm like that too. Yeah. And there's like such beauty in knowing who you are and how you do it. There is so much of my life that I wanted to be someone who could just in a grocery store, just pray over this person and just be like, the Lord wants you. And like, I had a dream about this person or something. I wanted that so much, but I see the beauty in my friends who have that and I see the beauty in what, yeah, mine takes a little bit long-term because I develop a relationship with someone, but it's, both of them are so uniquely Mm. beautiful and so powerful for the kingdom that it's more of like supporting each other in our strengths so that we can further that. As we're walking in the gifting that we have, the Bible talks about, you know, the body of Christ and that which every joint supplies. So when we're operating in the calling and the gifting that God has poured into us wonderfully, fabulously, then we look more like Jesus as a body, as a family, and we're in it together. We're not going to make the types of changes that need to be in the world without us all doing it together. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, you know what I'm definitely. Saying? And If I can add something that I was thinking about with it kind of being a collaborative effort and like God uses the example or Jesus uses the example rather of the body and how the foot, the hand, they all have different functions. I think that's really closely related to evangelism. There are specific types of people that you feel more comfortable with or you feel more prone to evangelize to. And it's so interesting because for me personally, I feel the most comfortable, the most at ease when I'm with the homeless and when I'm with people um who are just like on the streets that like i'm like around a normal person like at my work or at dinner or whatever and i feel like more apprehensive to evangelize at times but when i'm with them it's very natural so it's interesting as an evangelist or someone who wants to start evangelizing to figure that out it could be the youth it could be veterans like i know a guy who has a veterans ministry where he feels most at home like it's very interesting yeah. yeah. Natalia, how does this resonate with you? Because I can see you thinking and processing. I'm just thinking about when I was younger, I used to 
pray. I was like, God, if you would just give me a voice, I'd join worship. I would pray or I would pray, God, if you would just have me pray better, I'd go pray for others more. And I was always praying for other things or seeing other people's gifts because people are so great. Everyone has their own. And I always wanted to put myself in their position. I mm-hmm. think that's part of the leadership God gives has given me that I want to lead, but he also wants me to lead where he has called me and not where he's called others. Mm-hmm. See, that's just deep. That's so smart. It really, truly is. Do you guys have friends that don't like church or don't like Christians, but they like you? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. What's that like? I was thinking about on the drive over here, like about evangelism and like what that means to each person, how it's different. And like, I just think about the few friends who maybe grew up in church or in my small group that had good connections with me and left the church and felt hurt by something or someone. Um, And just the conversations we have once a year, twice a year, when I reach out, when we link up, when we talk, I just love that. I love that like Christians can still have like steady relationships with unbelievers or even people who have been hurt by the church because it's just that, that connection that God wants to keep and for it to remain because I'm just waiting for that day or time or place when they ask me like, an important question or ask or in a tough spot like i know that shane and i've talked about people that that you meet and you make a connection with and you're the only christian they know and when they're in a difficult spot or they Mm -hmm. hit rock bottom like you might be the person that they call might be the one that they reach out to so i love it though i love connecting and staying in touch with those people because i'm just waiting for the opportunity me too absolutely part of this month challenge which is basically just a springboard it's just a starting line, right? This is not like, oh, just do it this month. Um, we've got some tools to help them besides the free app and some other conversation starter things. But it's about putting a prayer list together and really being intentional about understanding and remembering where you're at with that person so you'll be more intentional. So I've got people on my list and... It's like Natalia was saying, I don't just say, hey, Jesus loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life necessarily. But when it gets to the point to say that in our genuine relationship, our normal, natural relationship, then boom, I'm on it. Because life gets busy, bringing it to mind is important. So these kind of prayer list tools and impact lists that we have, they're available on the website. And it's just something that might help us be a little bit more intentional. Okay, with what Parker said, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if I'm right in this or not. First of all, there's a huge amount of people who are de-churched or unchurched, okay? So something happened, they're deconstructing their faith, they're just like, church is bad. I got, quote, hurt by the church. We all have friends that are far from the church, and we may be the only lifeline or tether to that. Who do you have in relationship like that? That's the person that's on your prayer list and your relationship list. Nina? Um, well... You don't have to say their name. I'm not going to, but this person has just put a lot of faith in the aspect that if you are a preacher, then you have to be more perfect than you are oh, than good you luck. should be. And there are a lot of times where I have a conversation with this person and they're just not responsive of like, no, if they're a preacher, then they should know. They should already be this like high society perfect person, like so much closer to Jesus than any of us will be. And I'm just like, people are people and sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes 
if I'm being honest, I say it all the time, but people suck, including <laughs> myself, because we're not perfect. And the aspect of like people look at church as this huge body and there's no individual parts in it. Yeah. And there is such amazing creativity and beauty of having all of us individuals. Like that's why I love that we do home groups and each home group has like a personality. It does. And you can go and just be with people who are so much more like-minded like you, but you have to find that right home group and you have to like take time to go to different ones. And there also comes in that stand of vulnerability. And a lot of people don't like vulnerability because it's uncomfortable. And um, so I don't know, I would say that, that and just like understanding that like pastors are just normal people and they have good pastors have checks and balances with mentors and with the Lord and prayer and pastors need to be held accountable for sure we all do but you know the Bible itself says hey you're gonna be a teacher tighten up because you've held to a higher standard so I get that part of it and people will go well all these moral failures with these pastors there's so many of them really how many plumbers are there how many plumbers have yeah. moral failure? It's that they get held up to the light. Yep. Yes, there are failures that are horrible and terrifying, and Dave Hoffman and I totally agree. That's why we have a deep fear of the Lord, because we don't want the consequences of what's stupid would grow in our life. So both sides of that, but the people side, I totally get it, and we need to have grace for each other and, and hold each other accountable as well. So how do you deal with that, Natalia? People who are... Um, or, quote hurt by church or far from church or how do you deal with that i just try to love on them i feel like that's the best way i think because they've been hurt by church or whatever they don't need to hear another message all the time or i think it's just an annoyance to them until their heart is ready to receive so i just practice loving them until that's uh cunning diabolical so good. <laughs> devastatingly <laughs> smart I think that being intentional goes a long way. I just think about the times where I've felt like sending a short text of, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. I want to see you soon. And even if that doesn't happen right away, that is such a powerful thing in and of itself for that person to, like kind of Nana was saying, like that they're seen, that they're not being preached at, they're being treated as another person who is struggling like everyone else. And I'm just thinking about my own life. Like I just encourage the people listening to think about those who you maybe haven't seen um, that you do appreciate that you are possibly worried about or want to hear from and just right now just sending that message or that call and trying to make that connection because it's so beautiful when you hear later like years later like how much they appreciated that or i've had friends tell me it's just so good to have you in my corner or whatever so it's mm. just yeah it's it's a beautiful thing it is right on um something that I did when I first became a Christian because I didn't really have many friends was that anybody who would say yes, I would invite to come have coffee with me because I just I wanted friends so badly and I didn't know how to really like have a good conversation. So I would get there like 30 minutes early and I'd have note cards with questions. Oh, I love <laughs> <Wow>. you, Nina. <laughs> so it's like I want to go to coffee really with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just something that I would do because I just wanted somebody like people to talk to and stuff. And thankfully now I don't need note cards, but I just like Jessica's being, it is okay to be vulnerable and it's okay if someone says no and that the next time there's going to be someone that says yes. Mm. 
And no matter what, that is that is what Jesus does, is That's he right. knocks on everybody's hearts. And a lot of them say no, but he knocks consistently until someone says yes. Mm. And it's so beautiful. And so, yeah. That's it. Right on. I'm sure Amen. that somebody just heard that and it became life to them. Tal, you got something for them? Yeah, I just want to encourage the person who is like me in their little Christian bubble that there are places that God has for you to preach and situations that he has for you if you're vulnerable and you're giving yourself to him and thinking, I'm your hands and feet. And something I pray often is that, God, you would just give me the eyes to see those who are around me who need it. So I ran track and field and cross country at my school, and I ran with my Christian school, of course, but we ran against other teams who who weren't Christian and, I don't know, who were just secular teams, and I found a lot of opportunities there. Even waiting in the longest line for the bathroom, I prayed for a girl, and situations like that that I never thought would come that did when I was just like, wow, this is really awkward, but mm. I did it anyways. Lord, thank you for, for these young people and their heart for you. I ask that in, in this time that we were together and the people who are listening to it right when it posts up on Monday morning or those that find it a year later, Father, that they would find their first love because that's what this sounds like, Lord. This is first love. This is love of Jesus that compels us to do uncomfortable things, to be with uncomfortable people, to hang on, to do things that delight your heart. So Father, would you breathe on this conversation and ignite people to their first love, to just delight your heart. Thank you, Father, for mobilizing us together to send your message and your love to everybody that you put into our life and call us to love too. Amen. Amen. Amen.